This is Lost in the Groove. And I'm Mike. I'm Dave. We hippies have come together to spark change. So together, we give you our society and culture podcast. So with that, let's get funky and let the intro music play, baby. An important question we're going to be asking ourselves today is, what exactly were these ancient rituals? Uh, And, you know, what were these psychedelics that these tribes from South America and Central America, including North America, used? You know, understanding their culture and understanding of where it comes from is going to be the explanation as to where it all started. So... What we're going to be talking about today is going to be peyote, a psychedelic that is as old as ayahuasca, and more importantly is, what exactly is peyote? Because peyote comes in many different forms, so what is the type of peyote that people are mostly talking about? So, we've got Mike here, uh, this is going to be exciting, and uh, let's jump right in to today's episode. So peyote, right? This yes. is um, this is probably probably as you said, one of the oldest ones. And I would love to at least take the opportunity and give people a basic, um, just a bit on the most basic of levels, an understanding of what this is. So um, then we can begin to look at some of the cultures, the history. Uh, the rituals, as you said, the maybe we can find a little more behind the importance of the rituals themselves or the importance of the substance for the rituals, whatever comes first. Uh, but uh, peyote, a small spineless cactus, and it contains psychoactive alkaloids, as you know, particularly mescaline. Uh, Peyote is a Spanish word derived from the Nayahuate peyote, meaning caterpillar cocoon from a root native to Mexico, as you said, Dave, and yeah. southwestern Texas. And interesting enough, the so cactuses usually need a spine. Now, usually cactuses that don't have a spine, they usually are bumpy. They form these these lumps because they can't hold up their the weight of the cactus itself. So the name itself comes from the shape of the actual cactus. The interesting th- thing is, though, peyote has developed into different types of cactuses that fall under the same thing, which is where there are spineless cactuses that grow in groups, kind of like a spine. Uh, there's another version, which is San Pedro, which is very similar to peyote, which is a cactus that kind of grows like a, a, you know, a naughty tree. And all these shapes and sizes, there's a chemical concoction, a, con- a chemical cooking process from the growth of the plant that continues for years until it ferments to be the right point where its internal juices 
can cause that hallucinogenic hallucinogenic experience. Blah. Blah. It's better now. That's fascinating. It's a, it can take that long, huh? I mean, yeah. I guess it, it makes sense, right? It's a cactus doesn't grow necessarily fast. And the, uh, most plants don't grow that quickly. It can take no. a while. But you're talking about a maturation of its juices, as you like to put it. Well, <laughs> I mean, we're talking about a process that probably takes, you know, depending on the plant, one to two years, four to five years. Uh, That's I know a long Saint time. Pedro, yeah, I know San Pedro is a little bit longer. Some can take up to five to six years. But, uh, you know, San Pedro itself takes a long time to grow as well. You know, you can't expect, you know, to grow five, five, six feet, thumbs even eight feet. You know, that that takes a while, man. I mean, it's just, it's not a, it's not a simple process. Wow. No, I mean, five, six years is quite a long time to wait to trip. But yeah, it's pretty good. Um, it makes me wonder exactly, like, uh, what have you what have you heard? I I didn't I didn't catch that. What was it? I when I was living in Israel, San Pedro was very common. Which is the cousin to peyote. That's what I'm wondering is like like how common? I mean, it, did it just grow in the desert? Is that what you mean? Yeah, I mean so peyote and me, so you know, mescaline is in both. Peyote and San Pedro um Peyote and St. Pedro both have it. Uh, you know, it's kind of... It's kind of similar to the way you can compare dimethyltryptamine. So there's kind of more of a, you know, a synthesized version, and then there's a more natural version. Whereas you have a more concentrated version and a less concentrated version. That makes any sense. Uh, so which one's more concentrated? St. Pedro. So, but again, like, how common was it in Israel? I mean, was it the, the, when you say common, are you talking about it being just wildly growing in the desert, or just common as in like it wildly? Uh, the yes. population knows about it; they like no, to use it. No, I mean it's one hundred. It's it's highly illegally be thrown into prison for twenty five years, but it's it grows wild. So, usually, you know, as far as I know, cactuses that have hallucinogenic properties, you know, the, the juices for it, they generally grow wild, and they generally grow in dry climates, preferably ones that do have deserts, like Mexico, South America, and parts of Central America as well, like the Honduras. Even I think, even though Honduras is mostly tropical, if I'm not mistaken, there is somewhat desert. Um, but you know, you kind of have to think to yourself, right? You have a concentration of juices in these cactuses. I've have I've had cactus juice. Uh, it's it's not that bad. It doesn't really taste that that good, but it's not bad. But you got to remember these. This kind of concentration must be thick, right? And then you also have to keep in mind is there also could be toxins in there. Because cactuses, they drink up whatever's underneath. And they use that to survive on those resources. So, like, they're, they're like the dumpsters, the dumpster cleaners of the desert. Because how else are they supposed to survive? 
They don't need that much water, but they need nutrients. That's an interesting way that it has to has to survive in such a difficult uh, environment. But I, I've always found uh, all plants really fascinating. I mean, uh, they are forms of life, and they do need to survive in one form or another. And then they inevitably find ways to do it. Yeah. In in this instance, as um, as we're talking about the way it's used, you've never tried it, right? No, I have. Or you have? Yeah. Did I tell did you this? Did you know which one you were getting? Uh, peyote. It was in, it was it was brought in from Mexico. So I I don't know if I told you this story uh, yet. I I had uh, Mexico. I had when I was in Israel. I used to hang around Israeli hippies, and uh, they're really cool. Like they were Birkenstocks, you know. They were the Afghans, uh, and they all talk like real Israeli. You know, you know what I say. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, a few, a few, a few of them were musicians, and. Uh, they decided to go up to the Mesa Desert to do peyote. Uh, I think one or two of the other guys were from Mexico. And uh, we went up there. They had a canister. It was, it was made into a tea. And it was a, a large like metal coffee canister thing. And uh, we did a bonfire. And they were playing guitar. And being that they were hippies, they loved you know playing the Beatles and David Bowie and John Denver and Simon and Garfunkel. That's just you know how they were. So... We're all tripping balls. <laughs> and they're playing music. So interesting enough, uh, your sa- um, sound, the way that you hear, becomes highly sensitive when you're on peyote to the point where you can actually visualize sound as an image, which you can't generally. It's not, you can't because your your ears aren't as enhanced. Uh, and I just remember like having a trip of David Bowie in the desert, you know, inside of a clock tower, upside down, sideways in a triangle, mirrored in an oct- octagon. It's all these shapes. And they were all these metal, Lovely. big, you know, like the weird thing was, is that the shapes would look large, but as you get come closer, they became smaller and smaller. And they were very shiny, very shiny metal shapes. Uh, you know, some were hollow, so hollow triangles and uh, ovals and circles, and it's just the the same thing happened over and over again. Was his he never was on his own two feet. He was always backwards, sideways, crossways, slideways, slantways, but never straight. <laughs> what a trip! What yeah. a hell of a trip! The um. The the sound aspect that you're describing makes me wonder, like, if that was the purpose of the of the chanting and rituals that I guess we can expect. Uh, I think that's something I would like to know more about. Maybe there was something about sound even for them. Think think uh, about uh, Native American. Think about Native American powwow, right? When they go up and they do the wolf, which is the dance, 
they they howl. Part of the powwow dancing is they howl as a pact. Now, some tribes have, for example, they do like a huddle. It's a really beautiful dance. What they're doing is they're imitating the wolf. Why? Because the whole thing about powwow dance is all about inside. It's about containing a way of connecting to what you're dancing for. So if you dance for the, you know, the wind dance, you're dancing with the wind. The, w- the wind is the dance. So that's the same idea as like when you're, for example, when you listen to jazz, I personally see this. When I listen to jazz, I feel cool, little hip. You feel energetic. You know, you kind of feel a little creative. It's not where the music is doing that to you. It's because the music is based on those things, hence why you're having that experience. So all peyote is doing is, is showing you what those things are that make the sound. So the way that rock and roll makes you want to go wild, and wild makes a person happy when you're at a party, you're picturing that. That's what sound is. Very deep. Peyote. Yeah. Peyote, man. It's sounds like an interesting cocktail of drugs. It is, and you know, it it's it can be dangerous, just like ayahuasca can be as well. But the the experiences you have, and I remember somebody told me this um, a while ago. He said that you know, Peyote and San Pedro has always been very tribal. It's, you know, something you do with friends. It's something you do with family. And I get that, you know, we'll we'll get into that a little bit more later on. But, you know, I think this is important to first build up a scale, build up exactly what we're dealing with. And then we can fully understand why were they they, doing these rituals uh, with their tribes and with groups, you know, Rituals, yeah, the rituals is one thing, right? Like, why the psychedelics? And um, so it just brings up some other questions. I gotta, I gotta Google it. You know? Yeah, and I gotta, I gotta Google it. Yeah, man, you Google away. I mean, Google since nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, <laughs> it works. Oh yeah, but you know, the experience that I walked out of is that like. First, my experience with with David Bowie um, completely dramatically changed because a lot of his music was drug-influenced. And he wasn't ashamed of it. He admitted it many times. But you understood what he was doing. What he was doing was imitating a practice that has been done by Native Americans for God knows how many years. God knows how many hundreds of years. Which is where you allow the object that's creating the sound so that the person can listen to that. You know, it's like people will say, not many people will say, I feel bad for anyone that will say this, is that like, what's the point of life on Mars? It's just a weird kooky song. And it's like, you're not getting the point. The whole point of the sound is, is that you're understanding the picture of where the sound lies. And it really isn't that deep. 
you know, if you just take the time to open your mind and then allow yourself those couple of minutes to experience it, you then have that perspective. And I'm not saying this is for everyone. I mean, for some people, this might be a great experience and this might be a bad experience. But it's the way that you view the situation that counts more than anything else. How's the Google searching going? It's not going good, man. I can't seem to find uh, anything specific about when tribes discovered psychedelics, even though we know that it's been, you know, it's been widely used for thousands and thousands of years. I was curious about when they discovered it. I'm also curious about like when they may have incorporated into rituals or only well, God the thing knows about all, all of this is lost in history. Well, the thing, thing about the, uh, the 8,000 years is that a lot of the times I'll find fossilized plants, you know, under, under the layers of the earth, and they can then go through the compound and then give it a date of how old it is. So, you know, they've looked at these plants and they've given that date, but they don't know if they were consumed by people. The fact that they were found here, when originally they were not believed to be here, and then that completely changed. And then it became more common here than anywhere else, because we didn't have that perspective before. Uh, it completely changes the situation. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess we can also relate to the fact that um, uh, there is there are those tribes that admit that they do use these things and have been for a while. So like aside from being able to carbon date a, um, a psychedelic plant or something um, and then determining like, okay, yeah, it was for sure there during that civilization, but we don't know if they ingested it or what the, what the purpose of it was. We do know that uh, there are quite a few out there that are outspoken about it. They, they don't hide that they use these things for their rituals and they have, uh, uh, they have those rights to do so. But just so many questions after covering an entire season on psychedelics, like uh, I think it's the first time I'm having the thought of like, yeah, we know they've used them for a while. Like when did it become, uh, when did it become necessary for their culture or why did it become an important uh, addition to the rituals on top of which well you could you know you could say to this right is sorry for cutting you off why did the romans build roads what was the purpose of spending all of that time breaking up stones just to build miles of roads and on either side most of the time there was nothing the reason yeah, but... was is is that they realize a very valuable tool, which is if they build roads, they can get to places quicker because they don't have to constantly map all the places. And then they can connect everything together, and then they can conquer more land. So if you take this type of idea and then apply it to psychedelics, you might say to yourself, right, these tribes, these civilizations found it. They saw that it could benefit their group or their society at those times 
and it became a crucial point of their civilization existing for whatever that period was. I buy that. Good explanation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that fits pretty well with um, the likely possibility of what could have happened there. But I, I still, uh, yes. We don't know. We, we know. We, we, we know that there's a significance of why they use it. And they may have discovered what that significance was. That's what I'm curious about. Like, does it help the rituals without the psychedelics? You know, the, um, well, the peyote take- experience is probably the uh, probably has been around so long. Um, like now, now I'm wondering what is wrong with my mind just going off into weird thoughts. So, how old are how old is peyote? Um, found in the, okay. Plant has been used for six thousand years by native tribes. Yeah. Okay. So that's all we know. Six thousand. Yeah. So ayahuasca is older. Ayahuasca has been used for eight thousand years. Eight thousand years. Yeah. Just tripping balls. Hell yeah. Generation after generation. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Look, people needed their... You know, this is the thing about human beings is experience. And one very crucial point, not everyone's like this, is music. Sound has been such a crucial point in human history where from the sound of a plane to the sounds of marching horses to the sounds of swords being bleared in the skies you know to the to the sounds of sirens and to the sounds of bands like kiss on stage with the lights and the guitar and all the music including you know guns and roses and slash and him just going crazy on that guitar those sounds they they leave goosebumps there's a a chill that goes down your spine because they create the sense of feeling this emotion. You know, if you could open that up and visualize what that experience is, I mean, it's life changing. I mean, I mean, that's what we've been talking about for an entire season. Just it is most certainly life changing. But I found, I, it, I found something pretty interesting here. I'm just trying to validate and see, like who is the contributor and um, contributor of Mars. Yes. Um, Is that a, is that a thing? Is this a a new? uh, So, so I guess for peyote, right? 5,000 years in the Southern plains of the U S and Mexico uh, ceremonies have become more widespread to preserve the culture um, of the native Americans who take part in them. The often communal rituals involved a shaman. Um, Cactus was also used to treat wounds and burns. Documented in the 18th century, Eastern North American Algonquin confined adolescents to a longhouse for two weeks as part of a puberty ritual. I reached out to them. uh, And fed them a drink containing the flowering plant, Datura, Stramonium, so that 
they might learn what it meant to be a man. So it's this uh, this flowering plant is also known as j- weed or devil's snare. Uh, fuck, it keeps going. Mexico and Central America, thirty-seven eighty to uh, what is that? Thirty-six sixty. Yeah, it's been around. Yeah, it's been a yeah. I mean, indicate use of peyote after long pilgrimages to experience their soul's journey to the underworld. I see. So they, I guess they might use it for uh, death um, or like burial cer- uh, ceremonies too. See, that's the, again, where the, you'll, you'll see also, for example, one of the key components to peyote is sound. Sound is very triggering. The same way with ayahuasca is the, is the you know, the, the visual experience you had when you're taking it. If you're in a hostile environment, you're going to feel hostile while on ayahuasca. If you're very in a calm, meditated environment, you'll feel very calm and meditated. These psychedelics are different because they affect you based on your sense of mode. What kind of mode are you in right now? And based on that mode, that how is how your experience is predicted and depicted. Did you hear a squirrel going up the tree? My current mode is hunger. Well, my, <laughs> my current mode is going to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we record these quite late. Well, for you, it's not late. For me, it's 11.45. What? I don't know. I'm just... Hearing sounds from outside, I'm wondering what the hell's going on. It's a LA man, it's a squirrel going up the tree. I hope not. It's going to get right. eaten by by other squirrels that are hungry. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Chip, he's going to get know. eaten by Gabe. Gabe and Tober and Alvin and Theodore. Yeah. You've got Simon. 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 Yeah, the one with the glasses. <laughs> you ever saw? You ever saw a chipmunk with glasses? It's hilarious. <laughs> it's just so dumb. Oh God! But I mean, what can you say? You know, I mean, it's unfortunate that the 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 culture for peyote has diminished quite so much. But I mean, to keep it alive and preserved. I, well, specifically, like what it had written there was uh, preserving their cultures um, is the goal. And I guess the, the rituals and the, uh, I mean, there's mul- it appears that there's multiple like cases where they've used these things. And it depends on the culture or, or the tribe. So it's, um, and I guess the timing too. So at different times, they found different reasons to to use them or found uh, um, different applications for them. It's it's kind of bizarre, but since we're since we have used these things and we understand like there's something special about them, maybe not so bizarre for us, but for listeners out there that may not know or are just curious, it's thinking about. Uh, these tribes that were doing uh, the rituals, taking the uh, the drinks or the buttons, as they like to call them, uh, whether it's for adolescents who are 
going to become men being locked away for two weeks. We're going to help, you know, and this this is supposed to teach them like the meaning of, and um, it's kind of interesting, right? From all the life-changing experiences we've seen from uh, psychedelics, whether it's your personal experience or mine, these people were doing it thousands of years ago. And in a sense, kind of under understood uh, that it was doing something very similar. That's pretty crazy in itself, too. I mean, it's only until recently in modern um, society, and I'm, I'm sorry to say this, you know, due to Christianity and Catholicism, we have suffered dramatically in so many resources. I'm not saying all Christian groups. I mean, unfortunately, a lot of this has to be played blame thanks to the Catholics, is where homosexuality became disgusting, even though for thousands of years it was celebrated by even the Egyptians, celebrated homosexuality. I mean, it's celebrated by the Catholic Church right now. (laughs) Now it is, you know, because they don't have a choice. But, you know, completely abomin, you know, making that an abomination, then having where psychedelics were an abomination, and then having where... Cannabis is also abomination. We were, these things were used for hundreds of hundreds of years, centuries, generations. But that all changed within 300 years of Catholicism and these forms of Christianity that became the norm. And they had so much control. That kind of makes sense, though. And, you know, my point about the uh, Catholic Church and, and homosexuality... I was more referring to their own you know, whether it's with children or with uh, with other gay men. There was a there was a recent one who got caught. He got caught because he was funneling money out of the church. Uh, um, gay butt sex adventures with his partner. So, yeah. That's rather interesting, too. So for them to be as, uh, for all these centuries, for them to be this strict and yet among their own members to this day, you know, are practicing these things. um, It's kind of scary to realize that they have that much power. The Catholic Church, that much fucking power. Well, yeah, I mean... They have to have that ability. Why is that? Because whenever whenever you have a group of people that are able to change the way that we've lived our lives for thousands of years in just a matter of 300 years. Yeah, that's really fast. Yeah. I I mean, but we know the methods that they use, right? It was like conquer and, and convert. And maybe that's or, why a lot of these or, or die, which or they die. did, which yeah, which they certainly did. They slaughtered so, my ancestors. When we think about all these cultures that have suffered due to um, uh, the the forced conversion, I mean, could it be that back then, you know, they sense like, oh, you know, these people won't convert because they can see right through us. type of thing i mean maybe maybe they figured gosh these drugs are so telling 
And that's the thing about, you know, we asked this question at the beginning is <clears throat> the importance of these rituals from these tribes. And the answer is when these settlers came and they settled in the United States, Central America, and South America, they came in with warming you know, arms to the natives and show them love and compassion. But yet when they weren't looking, they stabbed them in the back. And they held on to these rituals because they wanted to hold on to who they were before they were converted. You know, Native Americans have been converted to American society, you know, to be educated. But yet many Native Americans now miss who they were before. They want to connect to what their ancestors were. So these rituals are not only vital, they're extremely important. It's what binds many of these tribes of who they were. And they shouldn't forget that. It's an, yeah. I mean, now, you know what I'm actually curious about away from like the native American topic. So like that's, that's the fact that they have used them for so long. We've learned a little bit about like how they use them and, and, or why. So now I'm wondering like, okay, what are like, what are some people saying now? Benefits of peyote. Uh, and you know what? I want to bring up a Reddit version of it too and see what uh, Redditors are saying about it. You trust Reddit? Well, these are just, these are people. I don't, how do you, I don't how do you know they're not moles from Russia? Because they would smell. You have a smell vision? It's the best. It's the best of its kind, man. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Benefits of peyote. Uh, does it help with pain? Not that I know of. Can, I don't think so. Uh, is... Breaking up. I think you just froze. I see. So uh, people use peyote. I mean, this is according to. Um, did I really? Yeah, About... just just a little. My back. My back full time. What? God damn! Modern fucking day, and, and we're still dealing with connectivity issues with the fucking internet. I mean, you live God in LA. Damn it. Better now? Yeah. I mean, you live in LA. I mean, you know, they got to they got to help Hollywood. You know, they cut off your internet and send it to Hollywood. I'm serious. Fuck. They actually do that. They actually cut people people's use internet off. Peyote. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like their electricity. I don't know if you've heard about that. Oh, yes. that was real. That was real something during the summer. People use peyote to cause hallucinations and for conditions such as fevers, wounds, and joint pain. No good scientific evidence to support the the pain portion. Benefits of peyote. Ancient wisdom. I mean, 
not seeing anything here, but let's see what Reddit has to say. So these are just people. Nothing mentioning but about sound. We're people. I, I didn't see anything like that. Uh, use of mescaline, psychedelic substance derived from the peyote cactus appears to be associated with the improvements in depression and anxiety. According to a new preliminary study published in the journal ACS Pharmacology and Translational Science. Interesting. I know. That is. Uh, okay, so this is a subreddit under science, 27 million members. Ooh. Um, not 25. So a lot of, not 26. But 27. 27. Yeah. That's a good that's a good healthy number. I mean, there's quite a discussion here. You know, it's true though because um uh, you do kind of feel like healed. I don't know exper- I don't know how to explain this. It's it's a different kind of high. Peyote kind of feels very, uh, very therapeutic. We're, I, I mean, feel... that's, yeah, that's what I'm seeing here. That's what a lot of people are saying. Um, but I can tell you honestly, like, you know, just kind of like LSD, LSD makes me kinky. Because that's what LSD does. It just makes you, you know, it just makes you weird. But weird in a good way. Sometimes in a bad way, but usually in a weird and funky way. But I I feel like <laughs> whatever works, man. I feel like each psychedelic has a different layer. It has a different experience. It has a different mood. And what I find so interesting is is that like with with cactuses, you're also dealing with like a plant. It's also known to have a lot of you know, cactus is known to be very healthy. In what way? Um, it has a lot of vitamins and minerals. Vitamins and minerals. Vitamins, vitamin, 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 Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I love the. So one guy here is talking about how. Um, there was. Uh, he likes pussy cats. Yes, he does. Meow. It's weird how being on mescaline and sitting in the sun feels so good. Some of my best trips, I just played on the grass, baking in the sun. I felt like it was feeding me. I have forever, I have forever have had a great relationship with heat and the sun. Because that's great if you want to live in fucking Arizona, buddy. Um. Maybe it was because um, I had music that was playing because. Are you noticing also a pattern? I told you this before. Mood. So if you're baking in the sun, your mood is is that you're enjoying the warmth of the sun. And then you take it and then you become in awe with the warmth of the sun. Hmm? I mean, I've always enjoyed the sun and grass on psilocybin. We got one guy here from seven months ago. 
and he's referring to psychedelics as a whole, they can also cause panic attacks, anxiety, and depression. What are the long-term studies in psychedelics actually improving you long-term? How is it compared to the risk? I wouldn't use the word improving. I would say more of additional skills. You know, you, you can't... See, people have this idea of like, oh, you pop a pill and then I'm fine. I don't have depression. Psychedelics don't work that way. You can't just you know, pop in mushrooms and like your PSD, you know, PTSD or depression or anxiety is gone. It just doesn't work that way. I feel like it would be a great way if somebody is not, you know, knows what tools they need to stop it or to help it, but refuses to see it. So they take this and now they're able to visualize what they need to do, you know, in, in just full awe. But I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't give it the word improve. That that implies that it fixes it. Well, only you can fix your problems as a as an individual. So that's it's the only way that goes, man. That's uh, that's also why um, pharmacology does so well as a business because it treats everything. It doesn't cure anything. And as long as your symptoms go away temporarily, you're satisfied and they get paid. The psychedelics are a way for some. And this is not, it's not words of encouragement, but it's a way for some to be able to, uh, to get on the road and at least begin the journey of uh, healing inside out so uh, it's interesting to see that um all those responses to peyote and what people are thinking about it um especially since it's been around for so long and used by so many tribes that had access to it and i was doing a list of uh all the different um plant-based uh psychedelics that tribes had used and there's quite a fucking list. I mean, the obvious ones are ayahuasca and peyote, but there was quite a few of them there, man. It's there's so many that we don't even know exist. I said and, that, and, I said that at the beginning of the podcast that there are other cactuses that have hallucinogens that are similar to peyote, but they're not. You know, you got to remember that this is a whole family. <clears throat> Kind of similar to mushrooms. You know, anybody who says there's only one type of shrooms, they're an idiot. There are thousands of species of shrooms. Thousands. Yeah. Not all of them are edible, but there are thousands. Some, some, of, them, of, some of them poisonous. Yeah, but there's... God right. knows how many species of psilocybin. It's the same thing with peyote. Do you know how many variations of cactuses there are? I mean, San Pedro could come in like, what, maybe 20, 30 different varieties, depending on where you live, the climate, the type of desert. Uh, you got to remember, though, each of these right. tribes, where they were locally and how they used that variety. But yet it still passed the same line over and over again, which is it works. Doesn't fail. 
it does what it's attempted to do every single time. So kind of going back to, like, what's the impact in the future? I don't think there is an impact. I think it's an experience. Not an impact. Not improving. It's tools and experience. Uh, just give me one second here. Yeah, and then we're gonna we're gonna wrap up this episode for Lost in the Groove. And uh, before we go, let's just say this has been uh, this has been a blast. Uh, this has been really fun. And I mean, you know, for us to all sit down and talk about a really incredible plant uh, that's been celebrated for six thousand years. So yeah. That's the story of peyote. Weird. And it's a and it's a brief one at yes. that, because we can probably talk about it for hours and do so much research. And um, but I mean, in a nutshell, like that's what it is. The cactus. Yeah. It's been around forever. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, what were you gonna say? No, I'm 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 done. Uh well. Anyone that's out there, go enjoy your cactus juice. We'll see you in the next episode. All right, guys, we have reached that time in our podcast. This has been great. It has been fun, and we got lost in the groove. So stay tuned. Every Tuesday, be sure to check out a new episode of Lost in the Groove. Premieres by 2 a.m. in the morning, and our other channels, Sham Bam with Mike and Dave, which is our Patreon podcast, and our extra special, The Shindig Variety Show, our YouTube podcast. Links will be down in the description box so you can vote for what topic we cover next season. And what other kind of content or new ideas and stuff we have to offer. Thank you guys so much for watching. Catch you guys in the next one.